Welcome to Amplify and Align. I am Michalina. And I'm Stacey. Why are we here? To break the rules, to share our wisdom and to disrupt an industry. We work with coaches, healers and leaders who are ready to turn their mission into a business that creates impact and freedom. Together, we bring over 20 years of experience to this space. I am the Amplify with proven systems and strategies to help you get your message out to the right audience. And I am the Align with processes and practices to help you through the inner shifts that become your external breakthroughs. We always joke that together we make the perfect coach. Which isn't surprising as we are sisters. So what can you expect from our podcast? The truth about the transformations needed to create your success. Soul-led strategies you can implement. And a sprinkle of astrology and spiritual strategy. And we're going to be pretty honest. We will be breaking down a lot of the truths and busting myths about the coaching industry. We want to invite you into the conversation with us. Are you ready to align your energies and amplify your success? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Amplify and Align with Em and I. We were, as always, just waffling on sharing shit that's been happening this week with us, um, you know, just having a good old yarn. And um, yeah, we were going to talk about something completely different, but then I decided, I'm like, hey, let's just talk about this and see where this goes. So it is a little bit of a wild card episode. Uh, we're just <laughs> no gonna, plans. No oh, plans whatsoever. We're just going to chat. So what we were talking about just before the call was um, basically how we've both seen something recently. Mine was on TikTok. Yours wouldn't have been, M. You would have seen this somewhere else completely no, different. I don't <laughs> use that platform. That's not my place. Um, but we were talking about something we've seen recently about um, Americans talking about the Australian, um, affli- uh, what do you call it? Where there's the... Affliction. <laughs> they could probably say affliction. Our accent. The yeah, there and is a what term we do for with it. our I'm words. Having, I'm having a brain fart. What is that? I, I know Fiction? that people um, listening are going to be like, "This is the word," and they're going to be shaking their heads at the the phone or the car wherever they're listening to this. But um, the way that we end our sentences and the way that we show up, and it's something really interesting because. I hate listening to myself and I know that um, like I personally want to have vocal coaching done to improve my speech and the way that I do present vocally and it's something Em and I have talked about ages ago and I still haven't freaking done anything about it because I haven't found anyone that does quite what I'm looking for. Um, But tell me, Em, what you saw about the Americans and how us Aussies pronounce things. Well, I'll start with quite a few people mentioning that Australians and even Canadians raise the end of their word so it goes up instead of going down like the Americans. And uh, it's quite noticeable to people who don't have it. And what's interesting, I don't notice it because it's mine and this is reminding me of something that uh, Richard has pointed out about our grandparents' days when he said one day that he can barely understand them, that their accent is so thick. I was <laughs> yes. like, what are you talking about? They've got no accent. They're Australian. Oh, yeah, 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 you can yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting what we get so used to, we don't even notice it anymore. And that actually leads into other conversations. Mm. But our speech yeah. is our speech. But others notice what we do with our words and how we say things. And we may not even notice that we're 
saying the the words in a way that other people can't even understand. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, the TikTok that I was watching the other day, I'm just like noticing the end of every sentence is going up and I sound creepy. If anyone watches The Big Bang Theory, they'll know <laughs> that reference. <laughs> um, but I was, That's the not TikTok- me. I don't, I don't watch it. Oh, I've watched The Big Bang Theory through probably like 20 times because I love just having it playing while I'm working because, you know, ADHD and being alone and whatnot. Anyway. Not my um, thing. This is another way you can tell. Stace and I are completely different. Oh, my God. I love The Big Bang Theory. Big Bang, Bang is not my thing. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> um, anyway, so. You just did it. You just did it. You did the whole raise at the end of the word I thing. do. I'm going to do it all the time and I'm very conscious of it now because we're talking about it and I'm going to try and just really stay monotone so that I'm not going up at the end of every sentence. Anyway, I just did it anyway. Um, so the video <laughs> that I was watching was about, it was an American talking about Australians and the, like. I think it was an American. I'm pretty sure it was. How our tone, no, I think. I think it was actually one of the Hemsworth brothers on the TikTok. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm dreaming. Anyway, to get to the freaking point. So the person was talking about how Americans, because of the way that they produce their sentences, um, they are very strong and there's no question at the end of every sentence. It's very steady and sure of itself versus the way that Australians speak, because we have that little flick at the end of every sentence, it makes us sound like we're asking more questions and we are less confident and less sure. And that- This is I, true. Like, this is I, true. I had mm. not realised that there's a lot of big Americans in both female and, and males that do have, a, you know, this platform to speak from and they're very strong. And I'm thinking they're, you know, who are the Aussies out there that have that same impact? Um, and I'm like, yeah, interesting. Like I can think of a few comedians that still shit me anyway. I don't find them funny, but they have got big platforms to speak from. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, where are the the big strong Aussies? Can you think of anyone off the top of your head, Em? <sighs> I was only thinking about this the other day when I was wondering about how to take my place in a world of Americans when there doesn't seem to be any Australians. So mm. I was trying to think of someone the other day and I actually really couldn't. Maybe I should take my place. Maybe this is the time when that Aussie me steps up and claims my place in that world. Yeah, like I think, like straight up, I think probably, um, what's her name, Melissa Ambrosini, Erin um, May Henry, they're some really good Aussie chicks that have a lot to say, are doing fantastic things with publications and social media. Um, and and obviously Kerwin Ray is a massive Aussie icon, but um, he has his, his vocal training down to a T and he is very you know, bro marketing American kind of style, the way he speaks. So you either love Kerwin or you hate him. There's there's that vibe out there. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of money behind him, which makes him look like he's got a lot to say. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just I was thinking about this um, and then it kind of threw me down a wormhole. So it's so funny that you brought this up because it was only probably a week ago that I went down this wormhole and then I was looking at all these vocal coaches on TikTok because I'm like, okay, so this is something I want to work on myself to improve 
um, you know, I feel like probably I am very ochre Australian, like real cash, and I do want to elevate my my vocals in a few different ways. And one of those is like um, one of the things I was listening to was a, a woman um, talking about vocal fry. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this makes perfect sense. And have you heard of about vocal fry? Can't say that I recall that. No. A lot of Australians have vocal fry. And what do you mean by vocal fry, dear Stacey? <laughs> um, well, a, a lot of Americans have it too. It's like when you're talking like this and it's not like coming out, like it sounds very strained and like it's coming from the real top of your palate and through the nasal passages mostly. There's a, if you Google it and have a You just look. did that so well. I know you all can't see me, but I'm smiling. Stacey's the actress. Oh, she was... is the musical theatre person. And I'm just looking at her going, wow, you did that well. Uh, I was trying so hard not to do an American accent there because I know that I was trying to still stay Aussie, but I'm like, uh, no, like that's how it should be. Um, so what this... <laughs> this vocal coach was talking about was this vocal fry. It does actually uh, change the trust that people have when we're having conversations. He was talking more in like professional Mm. corporate sales environments and how people with a vocal fry really struggle to come across as genuine and confident. And I know so many amazing people in our community that have vocal fry. And that could be one thing that I'm like, that's why. I, I like I I don't enjoy listening to them. It's not that they don't have anything good to say. It's just that it really becomes harder to listen to. And like on a more personal note, I've had a lot of problems with um, carbon dioxide levels in my body, and that's a whole you know story in itself. But my breathing is fucking terrible. And I have vocal fry all the time. I probably have it right now. <laughs> like it's just part of my my natural speech patterns and how I show up. And this vocal coach was saying that those that do have vocal fry are actually not breathing properly. So they're more breathing um, through their, their nose and they're not actually breathing through their mouth properly um, whilst they're, they're They should be breathing and- through their nose. But breathing through your nose actually oxygenates your body. So oh, maybe yes. you've got so, that a little backwards there. No, no, no. But whilst you're talking, they're not actually breathing through their Ah, mouth. I see what you mean. I see so, what you and mean. I, see, and as soon as I change, and you'll hear this tone, as soon as I change into my breathing and really filling my lungs like I should because I've had so much vocal coaching for singing in the past, it totally changes the way that I then talk. Can you hear that change? It does. Oh, absolutely. Massively. And you can hear the gravel while you're making a point and you are breathing through your nose. The gravel is happening yes. in your throat. Yes. And interestingly, exactly. breathing breathing is massive in spiritual training. Oh, absolutely yeah. massive. I've, <laughs> I've had to do so took- much breath work education to help with my carbon dioxide, basically poisoning my my body with a lack of oxygen levels and all that from shallow breathing. Well, it took took a lot of work for me to actually loosen up the muscles of my belly to actually breathe properly. So I had to learn how to breathe into my belly button and my lower belly, and that took a long time because I was breathing into my chest and that has affected my energy, my ability to show up, 
the way I engage with people. Breathing is so connected to everything. So this is really, really interesting that you bring this up to me now. Yeah. And you can just totally hear the difference of me now talking and actively consciously thinking about the way that I'm breathing whilst I'm talking. And it changes my tone and it changes everything. And what these vocal coaches are talking about is that then changes you. It well, obviously lowers your register slightly as well. So we know when we're coaching people, and they're talking and they're really confident, as soon as there's a switch into a higher octave, you can tell straight away that they're not sure of their answer. It's like, you know, how does that feel? Oh, yeah, totally fine. Versus, well, this is something. Oh, my gosh, yes, totally. Um, So you can tell when there's that tone difference that people are unsure of themselves. And it's the same with public speaking or speaking on social media and those sorts of things. Um, and I just, I found it absolutely fascinating. Well, this is something I pick up in my clients. I can tell when they're in the body and when they're speaking from their emotions and their passion and they're really, really engaging with what they're doing. And I call people out because they go up in their mind and their voice elevates. <laughs> I've been called that- out for it. <laughs> in that, by me. Oh, and have I, have uh, I done that to you? Yes, at a session that I had in New Zealand with Dr. Martha Nessler, if you remember that session. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. But it's so very clear. So if you're a coach and you're not listening in for this, this is really powerful because you'll know when your clients are speaking to you from the mind versus when they're in their body. And this is the change mm. that has to happen when we become embodied entrepreneurs is that we need to start breathing through our root chakra rather than raising all our energy up into that third eye in our mind because it completely shifts how we're showing up. Conviction comes from the belly, comes from the solar plexus, comes from your sacral chakra and your root. So this is how breathing can support you as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, uh, I mean, it's just something that I am now so conscious of Obviously, for my health, I have to do more mindful breathing exercises and things like that because this shitty breathing that I'm dealing with, um, you know, the professionals are saying that it stems from an injury that I have, but I don't know how long I've been breathing like shit. Um, It also can be part of my ADHD because I'm so like pumped and excited and things like I'm here and I'm there and I'm like how to bring things together and there's all this magic happening and sometimes that can take me to a place where I'm not thinking about breathing. Like I could be talking, talking, talking and my hubby Craig will be like, fucking take a breath. (laughs) Like, stop. (laughs) Even when I'm pouring a drink and it's like spilling everywhere, it's like, stop and take a breath. Um, Yeah, that is your Leo fire just going. The the inferno is active and fire. People with a lot of fire tend to be wild in bruises, knocking into things, dropping things, banging into things. That's what we do. Yes. So... I like I'm conscious that it probably could be part of that as well but then how and that's why like I I listen to myself and I'm like I just want to be in like and this is just me from you know a, a singing and performing perspective of like I lower that register and I'm breathing properly and when I'm jumping on doing reels or videos and I'm like like I I know I talk fast and I love that and I don't want to change the speed in which I'm presenting, it's more so like how to actually consciously drop down into body rather than being so mind-driven because for someone like me, 
I'm not like I'm not in my my body as such. I'm just like thinking, thinking, thinking. Things are so fast that I'm not taking that time to present. And I have people tell me all the time that they love listening to me. And I'm like, Ugh, yuck, yuck. Like, like, I don't know how you can even tune into this podcast and listen to me and <laughs> talking with them for an hour. Um, but I do like, that's something I really want to work on over, you know, the next at least 12 months is like, okay, my presentation skills. And so since being aware of it, and I know that anyone listening and now you, you're probably going to go off and listen to some videos and some reels and, and, and see I people do, talking. I do and, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell when I'm up in my mind and I cringe, but if I am down in my body, I'll notice that I'm actually happier with what I create and I can, I'm known to delete videos when I can feel I've been all up in my mind and I've been overthinking and I've been analyzing and what comes out is just blech and delete. Now I know you get frustrated with me because I will delete before I actually send it to you and get you to look at it, but mm-hmm. I know when I'm not on and that's when I'm in my mind. So Stacy tells me often that I talk really slowly and I can frustrate her oh because I'm so slow in my pace. But as soon as I speed your videos up to like 1.75 or higher, it's so <laughs> fucking powerful to me. Whereas like I'm listening to you talking I'm slow so and I'm offended. just like- I'm so offended. I'm so offended. That's not a reflection on you. That's how my mind has no, to process things. No, I know. I'm only- I'm only joking, but and this, that is this something is why, you're going to have to be. <laughs> this is why it's important to have speed options for people because if I had to listen to a speaker that is really slow um, and really not grabbing my attention, I'm going to tap out of it versus when I listen to someone who's talking at the speed that really resonates with me and this is this this is great because then I can really be absorbed by that power. And when I listen to you, Emma, like two times speed, I'm like, fuck yes, this is so good. Powerful, bang, bang, bang. And it's at a rhythm that suits me. So if I talk too fast in my videos, I want people to have the option to maybe slow it down. If they are at a rhythm that's beating just a little bit slower than the way I'm presenting, you have that option. And I love that Facebook give you this option now on all your videos and your live replays and all of that stuff. You're obviously through YouTube and Vimeo got those options. Um, but we need to make sure that we are speaking at the, the pace that beats for ourselves as well and not try and... However, however, when you come yes. down into your body, those who are speaking from their root will naturally slow down. And that doesn't mean uh, you're going to slow down to my Torian rising pace, but you will slow down even if it's only slightly when you are speaking from your body. Yeah, yes and no. Not from that inspiration of the mind. We were talking about inspiration versus motivation in our class last night. Yes. So those who are inspired tend to talk really quickly and they've got to get all this information out of their head straight away and like there's not enough time to actually share things. Whereas if you slow down and get into your body, stuff starts to level out and there is so much more power behind it. And that still will be at your pace, but we naturally drop in And our pace does drop. Yeah, and slow speakers drive me absolutely batty. Sorry, Stay. Sorry. That's that, as I said, that Tory and rising energy. Oh, look, and I totally own that. But I also do get feedback from people that they also are people that like to listen to things faster. Um, Actually, we were on the phone the other day 
and I had to play something and you're like, what the fuck are you listening to? Like, why does it sound so weird? And I was like, oh no, it's just on two times heart, speed. Yeah. It stressed me out. My heart started beating harder. And like, it actually makes me anxious when people are going too fast and Stacey putting those <laughs> videos up really, really high. My, uh, yeah, I start to feel anxious. So yeah, I can't, I can't oh, do it at Stacey's pace. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. It just goes to show how different every single one of us are and how we have these digital tools and resources to be able to really satisfy and speak to a huge range of people, not just at our own pace and our level. And it's a really good reminder to, yes, drop into body. So are there any particular exercises? I mean, I know I've got heaps of tips and trainings now that I've done for my breathwork stuff. I'm not an expert and I'm not I'm not here to teach you. But I think and with all of the yoga stuff that you've done in the past and all of the training and coaching you've had in this area, you're a good one to give some advice on some, um, I guess, some practices that you can put in place. So you are dropping down into a body before you go live, before you record. And um, yeah, give us some tips on on how to do that. Well, just a disclaimer, I'm not a breathing coach. I haven't done any official breathing as part of my trainings, not my, but it has been woven through everything. The sacred female yoga, the tantra trainings that I've done have been yes. really, really focused on breath because these are all embodiment work. Everything that I have done in the sacred feminine arts has been focused on getting women into their bodies. So breathing has been an integral part of that. And I know we've got some breathing experts listening. I know we have because I know mm-hmm. you quite well. And you're probably thinking about all the things you want to share right now. But the biggest thing that I would say is taking some space every day to practice breathing in through your nose, following the breath and going down into your belly. If you have to put your hands on your belly to bring the energy there, then do that. But you want to feel your belly rising. You want to feel your belly like a balloon swelling up below your belly button. And that's when you know that the breath is getting all the way down to your roots. You can even place your attention on your root chakra, that energy center Mm. just at the tip of your tailbone and aim for that. Use your intention to aim for that because as the breath comes down, you're breathing into your root, even down through your root, you know that you are coming down into your body. And that is such a beautiful feeling. One of the experiences I had, as I shared before, is that my belly muscles were so tight from underuse, it felt really uncomfortable. And I could even describe it as it was almost painful to try and get those belly muscles moving. But I'm also someone who gets into my mind and gets very analytical. Stace knows this as well. I get very analytical about the things I'm doing and I disconnect from myself. So this is a problem a lot of women have. We have disconnected from our body and that's all sorts of different reasons like our emotions and all the things that have happened to us throughout our lives. We elevate ourselves out of our body and we stop breathing down there as well. So if you can just take a few minutes every day to breathe into your belly, then you're going to shift where your energy goes and that's going to be so, so powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I really love that. One of the things that, and it was actually my osteopath that brought my breathing to my attention, which was causing so many problems. (laughs) Um, Yes, this was so interesting to me. When you shared this with me, I was like, 
wow because yeah yeah it's it can have such a big effect on our physical body as well as our energy and I'd been through every test and scan and like neurologists and all this shit you know um and been diagnosed with a nerve disease and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to go on the medication. I want to look at, you know, what's happening, the root cause of it. And I went on this little journey and I ended up at the osteo who did like have a look at and adjusted things and all of the things that they do. But his main concern was this and then testing those, those levels and all of this stuff that was happening with my breathing and how that could have such a huge effect on my health and this nerve disease. I'm like, yay, you know, we kind of found something to work on at least. Um, one of the things he, because I'm a very visual person, I need to be able to visualize things to actually absorb them. And he said, just imagine your body is like a latex glove and, you know, your arms and your legs are like the fingers of that glove. So imagine when you're breathing in, it's like the earth is breathing into you. So you're not just filling up the the middle of the glove. You want to imagine that every finger of that glove, which are your extremities, are then being filled with that air as well and taking every breath and taking time with that to fill up that glove. And I love that. So now I'm just like, wee, I'm a glove. Wee, I'm breathing in. You know, and sometimes, you know, like, like I sit here and I'm like hyperventilating, breathing, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, nope, imagine the glove. Like, imagine I am inflating all of those fingers. And I thought that was a really, really good, fun thing to imagine while I was doing it. That is an interesting visual. I'm seeing it in my mind right now. I've got very strong imagination, so I'm seeing it. I'm seeing you as this glove that blowing up. That's oh, speaking of, um, <laughs> is it called what is it? Is it aphantasia? Is that the term? There's a lot I can't of remember. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, like Google it if you want to <laughs> quickly. But while we're talking about it, um, I, I might be completely wrong with the term, but there is this thing that people are talking about now, and it's a, like huge on TikTok at the minute, where there are actually humans out in the world that cannot visualize things in their brain, and I find that oh, to be. I had someone come to this. Yeah, the most I had someone come thing. to this. I can't. Here, yeah, here it is. I googled at stage. Is it aphantasia? Uh, it's aphantasia. Aphantasia yeah. is the inability to visualize, otherwise known as image-free thinking. So, so I've got some theories on this as well myself. Mm. So if you are someone who, when I say, think of the night sky and a sparkling, twinkling star, and off to the left you see the moon, if you cannot visually see that and paint that picture in your brain, you have this thing. And I had no idea that these humans exist. So if you're part of our community and you're listening to this, please drop it in Mission Driven Women because I would love to know if you're this person, because it's fascinating. Well, I have a theory on this. Like anything that we don't use in our brain and our body, it starts to wither and the brain connections don't form. So my belief is that we can change this and we can create these brain connections and become a person that can visualize. It's just a part of us that shut down. I know the medical oh, system yeah. say that, but I absolutely believe if you struggle with visualization, you can change that because our brain and our body responds to our desires. So you yeah. can get that back. I do believe that. Absolute I actually, that one. I would rather lose pretty much any of my other senses before I lost that. And I think, why is that not I'm included in our senses? Because like, it's it's just like being able to see 
inside your brain. It blows my mind that there are people who are blind on the inside. So and that's will- pretty much the way I, I describe <laughs> it. Like, they're blind. So you will feel maybe amused by this. I don't think I've shared this before, but I do believe there are seven senses. So we talk about the sixth sense as our intuition, and I've called mm. our imagination as the seventh sense. So just to throw that in there, I, well, I have all these theories. Sense. I'm a big thinker. Yeah, I'm a big thinker. My son is connected to my Uranus in my chart, so that means I think a lot and I philosoph- um, philosophize. Philosoph- <laughs> I can't, can't say that today. <laughs> um but, yeah, I create all these theories about different things and I have to admit I get a bit, I feel satisfaction when someone comes out and says, oh, we've discovered this. And I'm like, oh, I thought of that years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, yeah. So how do I work with people who cannot visualise? I haven't met anyone yet that I know of that cannot visualise. And I, I'm such a huge nurturer of creativity and visualization and I'm nurturing that in my children it's so much so that we play the imagination game when we're driving it's one of our games and another game we have made up is the character game which is you know another fun one but the visualization game um, is so fun so I say to my kids okay I want you to drop down into anywhere in the earth and tell me what you're looking at. And they tell me they're at the beach. And I'm like, okay, so let's take that a little bit further and tell me what you see, what you hear, what you feel. Yes, I can hear your cat. <laughs> um, yeah, she's... Uh... <laughs> she's... Wow, that's so loud. <laughs> I've, I've got one can... cat asleep at my feet and the other one is walking around with a toy in her mouth and I think she wants me to play with her. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just like sitting in front of the door, uh, yeah, pretty much just screaming at me to come play. Um, but anyway, so like if if you are struggling, maybe that's something that you can start having a play with because like I can think about dropping into like a place and I can imagine what it feels like under my feet. I can imagine what the pebbles look like. I can imagine like hearing the breeze rustling through the trees. I can hear the water lapping. Like, yeah, it's really interesting that there are people that can't do that. Fire, weird. Imagination is so powerful. And this is reminding me of something that my teacher brought up in my ceremonial magic training. When she asked us, what is the greatest power we have in magic? To do magic, to create change in this world, what is the greatest power? And she sent us away for the week and we all came back and had these different theories. And she said something I just didn't expect, didn't think of at the time. And she said, imagination. She said, you can create anything with your imagination. You can bend your will with imagination. You can bend the will of others. You can bring anything to earth through your imagination because this is where everything we create begins. And again, I'll bring some astrology in because I'm good at that. Neptune on your chart shows us where your imagination is most active and most powerful because Neptune governs the realm Hmm. of all things that are manifested, the image of all things that are manifested. Where is my Neptune? Do you know? Can't remember. I can look it up if you want. I'll bring it up right now. I've got got your chart (laughs) on my computer. Click away, please, so we can hear I am clicking. I am clicking. Yeah, that's... clicking on my computer just to... Just to state that out loud. But it's, it, it is right. so true. And I talk about personal branding and how we need to step into these layers of conviction and authority. But 
at the end of the day, that all stems from your creativity and the way that you see yourself first before that is outwardly expressed, like this layer of consciousness that's not external yet. And yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at your chart right now and your Neptune is at 10 degrees in Capricorn, but the zodiac that Neptune is in isn't as important in most cases than the house it's in. And yours is in the sixth house, which is very, very interesting because of what you do. Six houses creating structures and expanding things and healing, not just physical healing, it's an earth sign alliance so it's not just physical healing but it's also healing of everything you come in contact with so in your context that would probably mean branding and creativity when people come to you and they're really stuck and you could even say broken in their ability to express themselves and their ability to brand themselves and really own that energy in themselves then uh, you can heal that Mm -hmm. and you've got a very very strong imagination This makes so much sense because Stace is an absolute sorceress when it comes to branding. She can go up into that Neptune realm and visualize things that people are, their potentials, their true energy before it even lands at Earth and she brings that to Earth. So being in Capricorn, which is aligned with Virgo, the house of Virgo, this makes so much sense. Yeah, well, there you go. And also outwardly being Pisces, which it's nearly my birthday. Woohoo! Um, yeah, I, I think I, I am just this weirdly artistic, intuitive, creative human being who has always been that kid. <laughs> oh, this is interesting too. I've, I've got to, I've got to share this. So your Neptune is connected to Pluto in what we call a sextile connection, which is an expander. The sextile is an expander. So Pluto reveals power. So your Pluto is actually enhancing your ability to use your imagination, which is why it is so, so strong in you. Yeah, there you go. So imagine mm. people listening, if you knew all of this and you could tap into that, how good that is. Because sometimes we can do it, you know, unconsciously and not aware and we just find our flow and our power. But some people who really do struggle with this, this is why those sessions with your mission map and finding all of this stuff out is so important for you and your business because it takes you that next level. It's yeah, it's wild, absolutely wild. Oh, it's really incredible. Like You're very, very strong in your imagination and, and this is just affirming what you already knew about yourself and just bringing mm. another layer of, of awareness to it. But for those who have parts of themselves that are completely shut down, this is how astrology can really activate you. It can tell me what you are meant to be sharing and we can activate your voice through that. So if you've got a lot of earth in your chart and you're not in your body, then that's going to be very challenging for you to move forward in your business. So I I can bring astrology into everything. I've got people and clients who say you can astralize everything. I'm like, yes, yes, I can. (laughs) And I'm the same with every situation in life can have a family guy reference attached to it. (laughs) That's how different we are. Oh, so different. So here I am watching The Last Kingdom where I'm just Oh, appreciating, let's say, the hot um, Norse men, and here you are watching the Family Guy. There, there's I have so much separation, but 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, don't don't give me any period dramas or any war stuff. Like that's just totally not my vibe at all. No, I love it. I fucking love it. Those men back from the those. Oh, oh yeah. Those yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll be quiet now. <laughs> so bringing all of that way back around, like I'm loving this conversation and how this is formed and and the layers of all of this, and and this is all stemming from our ability to shift our vocal tone in the way that we're showing up. Um, I just wanted to uh, tap back into this vocal stuff again. Um, Is there any way of knowing through astrology, I suppose there isn't, how we should be showing up? Like in a sense of like um, with social media and, and how it's best to get our voice out there and that sort of stuff as far as like that physical sense? Oh, of course there is. Of oh, course okay, there is. Cool. I can't believe you would ask me that question. And it really depends on individual charts. But if I was looking at how we're meant to show up in the world, there's a couple of different things I would look at. Your ascending sign, for example. So I'll use Dyson as an example because I've got her chart in front of me and I know her chart pretty oh, well sure. anyway for Go most for it. of it. But Stace is a Leo rising sign. So that tells me that she's meant to show up and create and be loud in her creativity. She is bold. She is designed to be in the limelight. She is designed to perform. No wonder you're into musical theatre. So (laughs) Leos are meant to be out the front shining and leading others to the light. So that's a really, really big one. You are designed to be out there in lights, sharing your voice, being really, really active on that stage that you Mm. build for yourself. Yeah. And And then I would look across to that. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say it's really interesting because I know others feel the same way because we've had this discussion with others who you look at someone up on the stage who's presenting or speaking, you might be in an event or a conference and you sit there and you're like, I have so much more value to give. I could do this better. And like, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, like, I, I do think that, like, I just want to be up on stage sharing my knowledge. Like I want to be in front of everyone and I love public speaking so much. So that does totally make sense. Mm, Yeah. And Leo is on that stage in a really bright, shiny way. Whereas my rising sign is in Taurus. So this is why I speak slowly. This is why I take my time to do things. This is why I could be so fixed in my fears and my opinions because I've got that really strong Torah. So if I'm on the stage, I'm going to be focusing on getting down in my body and moving my body and because I talk a lot with my hands and I move my body as oh, I'm speaking. Don't we all? So I'll be, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, my, my chart ruler, which is connected to our rising sign, is in Aries. So, yeah, there's a, there's a, a really strong identity here. So I would be looking at where your rising sign planet is as well because this tells me a lot about how you are designed to show up but not only that I would look across from the rising sign the ascendant and I would look at the descendant because this shows us mutual attraction this shows me who you are naturally attracted to and who's naturally coming towards you and Stace yours is in Aquarius so Mm. it's not surprising you attract the visionaries you attract the revolutionaries you attract people who are yearning to make a difference in this world so aquarians are the humanitarian into the humanitarian work and they work a lot with groups and they're Mm. very very strong influences 
So Stacey is living her chart, especially since we've been doing this work, some slight adjustments and really owning that energy. What you need and what you desire is coming towards you. So there are just two things that I would look at when I look at how you're showing up and the sun sign, of course. And we need to often make some adjustments around our sun sign because that part of us is often shut down. For a lot of people, it's shut down. So bringing Stacey more into the spiritual arts has completely revolutionized her business and really getting that sun sign activated because we can be so much of our ascendant and so much of our moon that the light of our sun can't get through and we're not living it and embodying it, which is why I'm creating a whole five-day experience on the sun sign because this is so important. Mm, So activating that sun also gives us not only the power to show up but also allows us to show up into who we truly are. So they're just a couple of things, but there's more, but this isn't an episode of me going through an entire chart. So yeah, unfortunately, it's we've, well, we've done a little bit of that before in the past, but I think this Hmm. is really fascinating. So, you know, again, dropping into our creativity and who we really need to step up into the world and be as a a true alignment of our, our core, that well, then once we're in that place, have that effect on the way that we're showing up and the way that we sound and we're perceived everywhere. Like this is such a huge thing. And so, um, you know, I'm thinking about a couple of clients that I've had where just something doesn't feel quite right. And they, they send me videos and I say to them, like, you're talking in this, like this elevated space. And it feels like you're taking like a class of, of kindergarten kids versus like dropping down and really thinking about who you're talking to as well. Um, and again, that elevation brings that sense of, uh, you know, uh, being uncomfortable, not really expressing your truth. Um, there's all of these other parts and, and that builds into building trust with your audience. And it's such a, a good activity for everyone to go off and do right now. And if you are someone who creates video and and see if you're actually uh, you, you know, you are talking up and you're more in your, your head versus being grounded into your body. I want all of you to go off and do that because I, I mean, I still cringe when I listen to my voice, regardless of whether I'm in my body or like <laughs> talking, uh, you know, from my, my mind. But, um, you know, and, and having that consciousness to to say, like, how how am I actually showing up? How am I actually being perceived? Am I really comfortable or, you know, am I uncomfortable? And is that coming through in how I'm showing up online? Well, you used a very important word there. And of course, I'm going to bring more series to it because that's what I do. Uh, but that word trust. And that's something I've been mm. reflecting on a lot lately. And I find, I found in myself and I find with other clients that when there is a lack of trust in ourselves, in our power, in the way we're showing up, in the way people will receive our energy, then that comes through in our voice. We simply cannot open our voice and use that as a superpower if we don't trust ourselves, if we don't trust our power. And a lot of us spend a whole lot of energy trying to be something that isn't true to who we are. We're taught this from a very, very young age. And once we step into the world of business, particularly legacy-driven business, all of that gets put up in front of us and we have to start looking at these elements. But I would actually say now, I've been doing a lot of work around this, that trust is 
the most important thing. It's not necessarily belief. There's, there's too much emphasis on belief, in my opinion. Uh, but this trust thing, building up, practicing trust, creating that trust, that is going to unlock your voice and it is going to allow you to step out into the world with so much more power. And again, with astrology, that can help us trust ourselves because we have a guide to our alignment, to our power right in front of us. And we get that confirmation. Oh, I am powerful. I am meant to be a disruptor. I am meant to share in this way. I am meant to price my services this way. And that is the, I guess you could say, grounding point of trust. So Mm. I could do a whole episode on trust alone because this is a big, big, big one, if not the biggest one that we need to work on as spiritual entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's not only just, oh, I'm like, trust is a huge thing for me from a branding perspective as well. But the trust that we have in ourselves is then outwardly expressed. And you've said that perfectly oh, for there. Sure. You've said that mm. exactly. So to allow others in, we need to trust ourselves and our ability to handle them as a client, as someone who we're healing with or releasing trauma or whatever it is and however it is that you're working with them. You need to have that trust in yourself that you are capable of doing this, but then you need to be able to outwardly express those uh, pillars so that others that are listening to you are being guided by you, inspired by you, build that trust as well. And that is one thing that I'm very strong on when we're creating social content is that are you actually building trust with your audience, with everything you're doing? Because that is the one thing that will help guide your audience through to becoming a customer, to becoming a client, and you being able to then nurture them through all of your processes and your transformations and your offers or your products. Trust is a huge thing and we don't talk about it enough. Like we have the old, you know, marketing um you know, um, no trust, you know, that whole thing. And but it's spoken of in a very superficial way. Absolutely. In terms of a lot of branding and marketing, it's very superficial in the way it's delivered and the way it's taught. So the way that I teach it is more of a personal branding perspective of building connections and that connective tissue with people, uh, being able to inspire and educate people and making them feel comfortable that they're making the right decisions in trusting you with their next layer of whatever it is that you offer. That trust is such a huge thing. And the way oh, that massive. we write our content needs to be in our tone of voice as well. And this is something that my clients struggle with because, you know, they're not copywriters. When I'm doing copywriting, I try and tap into my client's personal language and their tone. And, um, you know, I, you've said this before and where I've rewritten something you've written and you're like, that's exactly how I would fucking say it out loud. Like, why can't I write it like that? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's not my genius. It's not my genius. Even though I've got, I'm very, very aligned for writing in my chart in terms of marketing, I suck at writing marketing copy. Yes, but this is something so many people struggle with and that's why so much content out there seems so fucking vanilla. It's because they're not actually typing their content in their own tone of voice, in their own character, in their own personality. And so it gets fucking bland and it comes across as so just meh. 
you meh. Like it's just meh. And I like to rewrite the same words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The same words as everyone else says, just in a different order. And I yes. say that all the time. It's like, great concept, but I read that five minutes ago and same words, just placed differently in the sentence. Exactly. So what I want you to do if you do really struggle with this is stop fucking sitting at your computer or your phone typing out what you want to say. I want you just to sit there or with your phone or your iPad or your computer, whatever that is, pretend you're getting on the phone with a girlfriend and talk to the phone, the device, the record and use voice memos or whatever it is you've got on your phone and talk about the, the subject matter that you want to talk about as if you're explaining it to a mate. Because Give yourself that- permission to do this. Give oh. yourself permission. I give myself permission to write in my voice, in my energy, in my truth, not worrying about how others are going to receive it. Don't even get to that. Just give yourself permission to be true. Yeah. So when you are recording your voice, it's at your your personal characteristic pace. You use the words that you want to express that you would use in general sentences so that it's not like overinflated, using a whole bunch of woo words that you feel like you have to throw into a conversation because as a spiritual entrepreneur, we're supposed to be using all of these magical words to oh. empower people and all of that. And so- this is making... I was going to say, this is making me think of a client session. I had a, had an offer alchemy session with someone and phenomenally talented, witchy, embodied woman, magic, and she's creating this copy. We're doing it together, defining what she wants to say about this offer. And I really felt her power when she said, it's, it's like a no fucks given experience and tried to re- reduce the power of it by creating all of this spiritual language. And I said, no, 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 you meant to say no fucks given because that is the first time I have seen you light up. Oh, so yeah. it doesn't matter how fucking spiritual you are. If your program is no fucks given, then just say it because that's when it will be most powerful. Absolutely. So I would love all of you listening to go and, and do some voice memo. There's a whole bunch of apps that you can use to then transcribe it. You can even use a little microphone on your phone to talk to your phone and it will actually type it as you go as well, which is so fucking powerful and useful. Like it's great. But even if you look at my content, so I did a post recently um, where I talked about the difference between what I do and, and you know, like how I'm a bit of a, you know, magical unicorn in the, the sense that I have all of these different things that I do when I take my customers or my clients on a journey. And it's more of an experience. If you read that, you'll see that there are like pauses where I would pause in natural conversation. I've thrown words in, I've thrown just, you know, Aussie lingo in there and all of that sort of stuff, because that's me and the way that I talk. So that's a really good example of how like I myself express, you know, in, in the written word. And it's, it might feel really uncomfortable, really dicky to begin with talking to your phone, but it's going to make a huge difference. practice. Oh, yeah. yeah. It takes practice yeah. and speak from who you are, not who you're trying to be. This was huge for me. And don't think about as much the clients you're trying to impress. Think about being true. This is really, really important because we get so caught up in trying to impress people that we lose ourselves on that way, on the way to trying to write the perfect copy. Just at least the first go. Stace does for me. 
this with me. Just write it how you would normally say it and then I'll tidy it up. And she's magical at that. But uh, yeah, speak from who you are, not who you're Mm. trying to impress. We see this so often in content is that people just vanilla themselves or they do add too many flouncy woo-woo words to try and <laughs> showcase how spiritual they are um, when, in Be fact, <laughs> our audience doesn't really care too much. Um, and, you know, those that are deeply spiritual, they're going to know that you're the right person, not because you use a whole bunch of the woo words because, you know. It's- transcend, uh, transcend and what's it, what's some other ones? I can't, I can't think of any right now, but um, yeah, the, the word the Akashic is everywhere right now. It feels like every second spiritual entrepreneur is talking about the Akashic and yeah, just you don't have to do any of that. Yeah, just bring it down to Share like I always talk about mm. like I hate it when I fucking see people talking about stepping into your power because I'm just like that is such a fucking woo statement. What does that even mean? Like for someone who isn't in their power positioning, they don't feel like they have any power. So telling them to step in that power, it's like such a, like a disconnect of how you're trying to talk to someone. So like, and look, this is back. so true. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you've you've got that big energy in Pisces. It's your North Node. It's your Sun sign. But if you got into all that ethereal, transcendental language, you wouldn't be speaking to your clients. That, as I shared before, are the Descendant Aquarians who mm. need that visionary, who need to talk about revolutionizing the world. So just because we think, well, we're enjoying something doesn't mean that we have to bring that into everything we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, everyone is going to be in a different place. And sometimes we do need to use certain language and elevate our power statements to be talking to the people that we want to work with. But that is something within us. That's not just creating some fucking fancy copy because then the energy won't translate. We need to actually believe it first before we even write the sentences down. So there's a whole process there. I was helping someone this week through this process because they wanted to shift from working hourly um, in the the graphic design and VA space to working on hiring clients and websites and all this sort of stuff. And I'm looking at her her website, I'm like, you are not expressing that you have the conviction to talk to clients that are at that level that want to invest in this layer of business. So let's work on that. And I gave her some homework to do. Um, but it's, yeah, everything we do comes down to language, how we say it, how we write it, how we put it out there. And I just want to clarify something is that talking to your audience, aiming for your audience, speaking to those who you want to be working with is different from trying to impress people. So I I was just thinking how that could feel contradictory contradictory in uh, what we said before. It's like don't try and impress people but talk to your – it's not the same thing. Trying to impress people holds a different energy to I see you, I'm talking to you, I know what you need and I'm Mm. I'm going, I'm looking at you, I'm delivering my magic to you. That's a different thing than trying to go, look at me, look at me, I'm trying to prove how important I am, I'm trying to prove how magical I am. See, I'm a unicorn just like you. Absolutely. We all have that friend that overinflates their financial situation or their lives and their situations that they're going through. And you just sit there going, you're just so fucking full of shit. (laughs) As much as you love that friend, you're (laughs) thinking that. And that is exactly how people uh, perceive on social media as well, because 
that energy translates through the digital space. Oh, look, step into your power. You don't need to be anyone else but you. Did you like that? Step into your power? Yeah. 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 It's great. It's like, it's almost as good as (laughs) as the word abundance. (laughs) Abundance. Bring more abundance into your life. Naturally magnetize what you desire. Um, I love the word magnetize, but You've also got to the way it's used for your audience. What are you actually fucking magnetizing? Because it won't make sense if you just like magnetize. Um, anyway, yeah, um, okay. yeah, <laughs> we could we could talk about this for hours. And I think as a wildcard episode, mm. like this is totally flown by super quick. We've had plenty to discuss with this. And I'm glad that we uh, did a bit of a pivot and continued this conversation from our call before this. Yes, this is my funnest episode yet, I think. (laughs) Not going in with a structure and trying to stick to that structure and focusing on what we're supposed to be talking about and worrying about going off trajectory because we're so good with that. So, yeah, this was such a beautiful free conversation that we got to have with you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. We, again, we invite you to join the conversation over in Mission Driven Women, where we're going to keep talking about this a little bit further and unpack this. And uh, yeah, let us know how you go with that homework, with your breathing, if you're experiencing vocal fry or, you know, those inflections. That's the freaking word. (laughs) Inflection. That is the word that I was trying to think of at the beginning of the freaking episode. Oh my God. Yeah. So those inflections. They show up eventually. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Those words, they often come when it's too late and you're like, oh, I just humiliated myself. And yeah, why couldn't that come now? What is the word? Uh, But, you know, I'm totally conscious that we do that now. And it's something that we have to work so hard to train out of ourselves. So this is, yeah, this has been a really good exercise for people to tap into, to do some homework and drop in and tell us how you go. Yeah. And don't forget, you need to develop skills. Just because you don't have something now doesn't mean that you can't develop it. This is a point of business. We don't go in equipped with everything we need and everything we need to be and all the things that uh, we are going to need to get to that million dollars or 5,000 or 10,000 a month. So you get to develop skills. That's the whole point of what we do. Anyway, could talk for hours, as Stacia said, but uh, we'll continue next week. Maybe not with this topic, but uh, something new, maybe another wildcard episode. See you when we get there. Bye, everyone. See you guys. See you guys.